What's up, everybody? I, uh, I'm still working on an intro. So I got my man Joey Yak working on a new intro for me, but this is the Work Wherever podcast. I'm Roy Edwards, and I have with me a, a good friend who is a repeat, a repeat on my podcast. Uh, that is Katrina Gazzari. Hey, Katrina, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. That's a pretty cool intro. I mean, I don't know how much more of it. How much more do we need to do, right? Like, yeah, it's way better than mine. I'm like, hey, welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Maybe, maybe Joey, you're out of a job. Sorry, buddy. I, um, Katrina says it's okay. So, no. <laughs> so, um, what we're going to talk about today is, so this is the Work Wherever, Work Wherever podcast. And so a lot of the things that we're going to be talking about in this podcast has to do with uh, remote implementation. But really, the, what we're going to be talking about here today is around the great resignation uh, or the great realignment or the great reshuffle or insert great uh, word here. And, and I see remote work and, and Work Wherever as a, one of the chief benefits that um, organizations have to have, and I'm thinking, well, who better to talk about benefits with than 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 my girl Katrina? So here we're at, and so you're my actually my first guest on the new alignment of this podcast. So thanks for, awesome. for thanks for coming on. And then um, I guess that's a great place to start, right? Is is the question is around this great resignation? Like why why are people leaving first? Like what what is what's prompted this and what is the great resignation? So the great resignation is being defined as essentially a lot of people are leaving their jobs and they're going, they're accepting jobs at other organizations. Now, whether they're leaving the company altogether or the industry, um, at the end of the day, they're leaving and they're doing something else with somebody else. So that's how the great resignation is being defined. And essentially, you know, we've seen record numbers and people leaving their jobs over the last year or so. And so the, that's like the buzzword that they've created, which is the great resignation. Um, you know, I definitely have a different take on what's happening. And maybe it's because I work with companies day in and day out. I talk to a lot of humans. I understand what's going on. I have kind of the nuance that I I have an HR company that does HR services for other companies, but I'm also an employer and a CEO. So I I have a very specialized position when it comes to this, because I, I can really see both sides of what's happening. And so if um, if I can chalk it up into like 
a one or two, you know, one or two sentences of what is actually happening. What's actually happening is that we're going through a global transition of values. And so because the pandemic happened, nobody is the same, uh, you know, from when they started since before the pandemic, everyone is really questioning or asking themselves these big questions. Who am I? What am I here for? And so typically what we do as humans is we ask ourselves, who are we? And then, and then we attach work to who we are. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing essentially to change is where we work because it's almost the easiest thing to do for a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. We'll stay in a marriage, a bad marriage for decades, <laughs> you know, but when it comes to our work, because there's so many options and essentially you're not hurting anybody, it's the easiest thing to change first. And so when we believe that it's our environment that is making us feel like anxious and uneasy, and we live in an era where doing, we're all doers, we have to do, 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 do better, do more, you know, then we're just constantly moving around. And so what's happening is people don't know who they are and they work for organizations being led by people who don't know who they are anymore. And so we're just, everybody's just going through it right now. Everybody's asking themselves the, the really hard questions of who am I today and what am I here for? Um, so a lot of people are moving because of that, because they believe that they have to move in order to figure it out. However, um, statistics and studies are now coming out saying up to 52% of people who left their company are already looking for another job. Hmm. So it wasn't necessarily the workplace. It wasn't employers weren't showing up for employees and it wasn't employees being entitled and being greedy. It's not that it's just people don't know who they are right now and what they stand for and what they're supposed to do with their life. And so they're just changing the one thing that they feel is easiest to change. Like we saw a lot of people moving. We, we saw huge ex I live in Southern California and Los Angeles, huge exodus from California. And, and I hope all those people you know, are feeling more like themselves or they're figuring out. But the truth of the matter is doing isn't really going to, to stabilize the great resignation. Yeah. And so how many of those people, so th this was interesting, something that I saw with, um, you know, the, the, we can't ignore like the last two years that led up to this within COVID. Right. Mm -hmm. And so COVID sent a lot of people home. Obviously they couldn't come to the office. Places were closed unless you were, a uh, um, essential worker, but even then essential workers saw a break up, you know, and maybe it was a couple of weeks or a month or whatever, but there was still a break where everything seemed to stand still for a second. And a lot of the employees that uh, I've seen talk to or that have applied to positions within our organization, their lives are so drastically different from two years ago. Maybe they live in a new county, they moved out of the city, maybe they moved to a totally different state. And so now organizations are faced with, okay, well, we're going to go back to normal. You know, it's 2019 again, everybody come to the office. But maybe some of those people, like you're talking about that mass exodus out of California, maybe they don't live in California anymore. And their boss is like, hey, come on in, come on back down to downtown LA. You know, how, how much are we seeing that playing a role in people moving? It's just their lives are, they're, they're no longer uh, wanting to go back to Metropolis. Maybe they want to leave the cities or, or they want to become in a, a remote uh employee full-time, is that, is that playing a, a, 
a role at all? I, I It is, but I don't think it's playing as big as a role as the news or media is making it out to be. I think employers are, A, as employees were moving, employers were mostly keen on that happening. And so I don't believe employers are asking people who moved out of state to like come back to the state. You know, I think there's like a certain level of acceptance, like, okay, those people are there. We don't expect them to come to the office, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's happening to that big of, to that scale. Um, however, I think where it can be happening is the people who didn't move, they're still local and the office is open and employers are asking them to come back, you know, a couple of times a week, a couple of days a week. And maybe those people are like, I don't want to come back at all for a various amount of reasons, whether even driving, I live in LA. So even if you live like 12 miles from a place, that's like an hour <laughs> traffic. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, you know, I, I think that a lot of the, there's a lot of moving parts happening. And I think one, we have to find out for any, for any reason, why are people resistant to going back to the office? If it's convenient for them to go to the office, why are they resistant to it? Um, and two, find out what do they want then? Or, or even help them be open to, you know, if the office is like 10 minutes away, maybe try coming back a couple of days a week, see how that goes. And if you don't like it, then fine. But I think that we're prematurely making decisions without really knowing what the experience is going to be like, because we're used to it now. We're mm-hmm. used to like being home. You know, my friends and I joke about this all the time. It's like, I think I went, I went to a play. I went to a concert and I went to a play. And both at the concert and both at the play, I had people like behind me that were kind of loud. And I had to question, like, am I just used to, like, not having people around right. me <laughs> while I'm enjoying something, you know? Or is it just the luck that I have people who feel like they need to talk and argue or whatever during the entire show? So, I mean, I got used to things being a certain way after, you know, once we've been it, we were in it for, like, a year. And so even for me, I'm like, do I really want to go there? Do I really need to do all that? So I think people, um, I think it's okay to ask employees to come to, to the office if it's convenient for them. And yeah. and if it's not okay, if they if the employees feel like it's not okay, I think that as an employer, we have responsibility to find out why. And so how many of these questions, are like, so in in this process, which I think is, a, is a, you're, you're raising huge points here, Whereas it's it's a decision that you have to make with your employees, is, mm-hmm. right? You have to ask these questions as to say, do you want to come back? Why don't you want to come back? Why do you want to stay remote? Is the production increased? Has it decreased? Have things changed? Have we gotten our processes? Have we spent a whole bunch of money on software to you know so that you can go somewhere else? And are we going to take a hit there? You know, these are all things that that business owners and managers are having to go through, and and part of that is understanding your employees and and how they work and are they engaged and and building that culture, which I think that prior to 2020, culture was seen as hap- what happens in between walls. Mm-hmm. And it was how well do these people get along, you know, put a ping pong table in the break room, right? Uh, put put uh, massage chairs down the hall so people can go in there and, and have fun while they're at work. 
What are they doing at massage chairs and having fun? It, uh, I don't That's know. That was a that was a thing. Did you get? Did you not have? There's no massage chairs at Game Day HR. No. <laughs> <laughs> Even like a nap. One of my clients have an, They have a nap room, and I'm like, I wouldn't use it. Do, do you guys have those types of perks though? Did you have like uh, ping pong tables or anything like that? Well, I mean, we had Netflix on a TV in the break room. I'm that's like, and and they would like the team members would get together and watch a movie together during lunch, and you know, they every day for lunch they'd get together mm -hmm. and continue watching the movie. And so, I mean, I think what you're getting to is is you have to. Sometimes we put these overarching labels on the future of work or the entire workforce. I don't know if you saw my um, post yesterday that Bamboo HR mm -hmm. was, they were like, in a survey, blah, 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 you know, 38% of employees feel like they've, they're less valued than they ever felt before. Yep. It's like, okay, that sucks, you know. However, you, pull, you go deeper and they surveyed 2,000 people. That's a really, really small sample of the entire workforce. And now I'm not saying that the that people aren't feeling valued, but what I'm saying is we really, us influencers, really enjoy, you know, making these big statements without really having enough data to make those statements. And, and then we make those statements and everybody's like, running around with emotions and I have to do something. What do I do? Or their hopelessness or distress or whatever that looks like. So the re even remote work, you know, I see people, it's like, everyone should like the office is done. Everyone should work remotely. Well, some people don't want to work from home. It doesn't work for them. So they want to go to an office. They, I've, I work from here. I'm, I, I'm in my place all the time that I used to work out in my home now. Because I just want to be here all day long doing nothing. I want like adult interaction. I want, you know, I have a nine-year-old here. I'm pretty sure my maturity level has gone down significantly <laughs> because what, you know, they say you're, you're a culmination of the five people you hang out with the most. Well, I have a 12-year-old dog and daughter, you know, most days of the week. Uh, and the weekends, obviously, I have Richard and everything like that. But, you know... I want to go talk to an adult sometimes. I, you know, maybe wink at somebody, you know, like uh, doing arm curls. I don't know. But remote work doesn't work for every single person, every single profession. So we have to be careful about these philosophies that we're unilaterally make, you know, saying are true without really having a ton of data to work around. Mm-hmm. It's, so you're saying that you don't like the Bruno soundtrack? Is that what I just got out of that? <laughs> no, <Are> you... <laughs> because it's kind of a banger. So I don't know. That's a main player in our house. But I'm totally with you, right? So you are who you hang out with. And there are tons of struggles when it comes to a remote organization. Um, those same struggles exist that exist inside um, an office space. You know, that when you go into an office space and you have uh, maybe somebody keeps knocking on your door and they want to walk in and they're distracting you and you have these types of distractions that exist at an office space. You have those uh, those that 
could potentially be greater at home if you have kids running around. Like I've, I have four children and, mm-hmm. and, and two dogs and three cats. So I have a ridiculous amount of distractions, right? And it doesn't matter how many times I lock my door or uh, turn on on air. They give uh, no fucks. I'll they tell don't. you, that. zero. They don't care. My kid does not care. It doesn't matter how much I yell at her, or throw something at her. Right, it she doesn't like, matter. Does not care. They'll come up, wants- sit next to you on the yeah. camera, like, "Who's that? Who are you talking right. to?" Hey, they, and they think they're so cute. Watch this. They kind of are. They are a little bit. But, but what we're getting at here is, and 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 the the point of what you're saying, and to my that's what I'm saying as well. Right, remote is not as all encompassing magic wand. Like, boom, we're a remote organization. Everyone's happy, right? It, and that's part with building a business culture is your walls. The, the same reason why sending everyone home doesn't in, doesn't increase morale and in your your company um, culture. The same reason why is to if you bring everyone back and you paint the walls a new color and throw a ping pong table in the break room, that doesn't mean that you have good culture. You have to speak to your employees. You have to find out what it is that they want. You know how they work best. Uh, some want to go back. And some never want to sit, sit in traffic ever again. And you have to understand your employees. And so, so what, how, are, how can you do that? Is it as simple as just like, hey, everybody, what do you want to do? And, and then we, we listen and then that's what we do? Or, or how do you do that? Well, I mean, first of all, you have to look at your company values because it's really hard to make any decisions until you really know what your values are. Because, you, because the answer is not always going to be clear, and, and, and employees may not know enough to make certain decisions. And so it always comes back to your values. We are, you and I are both in RTA syndicate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's Andy Frisella. They don't have a remote work environment. Mm-hmm. They're, they, in fact, they built this huge facility so people could spend more time there on right. the facility grounds, right? With the gym and everything. And from what I know, I'm, I'm sure their culture is fantastic. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure they have problems just like every other company, but for the most part, I mean, it's like a hundred million dollar business. So they're doing okay. Right. They're probably doing okay, you probably. know? And so, and so, and that's what works for them. And so, so Andy and, you know, whoever the leaders were of that business looked at their values and they decided people are going to come here. They're going to come and work. This is where our culture is. They're going to work out here. They're going to work. They're going to do all the things here at this facility. It's why we built it. Because that was aligned with their values. Because they recruited based on those values, I'm guessing not a large population of people had a problem with that, right? So it really comes down to your values as an organization. So A, you have to remember, you're not going to be able to give all employees everything they want all the time. It's impossible. You won't please all of them. So you take the data, you do a climate survey, for example, make it anonymous, you know, ask certain questions with a scale of like one being strongly disagree, five being strongly agree, and and make these statements about coming back to the office, for example. Like I, I would love to come back to the office, you know, two days a week. Strongly disagree, strongly agree. You know, I don't want to come to the office because I don't feel safe disagree, agree. And you start taking the data. And the reason why you want to put them in numbers is because it's easier to mm-hmm. quantify the data. It's easier like a Likert to scale? Consolidate. Yeah, consolidate it. So if you do like fill in the blanks, you, it's mm-hmm. really hard to consolidate that data. Yeah. But if you're doing like one to five scales, it's easy to, to consolidate it because you can see, okay, well, 65% of, of everybody said 
this, right? Mm -hmm. So you do you do an anonymous climate survey, number one. You take the data. Actually, number one, your values. Number two, look at do a, a climate survey. Number three, look at the results of that survey. And you're going to find some data that like egregiously proves that you need to make a decision in this way. And then you're going to have some that are not, maybe it's 50-50 split. And so you're so you have to ask yourself, can we accommodate the 50% that wanted A and and can we accommodate the 50% that wanted B and and do that? If we can't do that, where are our values? What do our values say that we're supposed to do in this in this situation? Cuz your values should be defined. It's not like, well, integrity is my value. Well, what does that mean? You know, what does integrity mean? Well, to us, integrity is doing what we say we'll do when we say we'll do it. And right. so if we said we were going to do something and we look at our, and we have a decision to make, our values are, our values are going to put us on the direction that we need to go. And so that's, those are the three big thing, things I think companies could do right now to determine what the kind of hybrid work situation is going to be, you know, maybe you change your office from like, I have a personal desk and you just have hot desks Mm -hmm. and everybody's responsible for cleaning up after it when they're done and they can come in, you know, whenever they want, maybe a department, maybe only certain departments are like, we really need to get together because we're marketing and we have storyboards and we, you know, we, we have a war room and we need to come up with like very, very creative strategies. And when, we seem to do a better job when we're in person. So, okay, marketing, marketing will come in, you know, one day a week. It, it, you have to, as a department head or a business leader, you have to do what's best for you and your team and what, and what environment you need to create for them to thrive. It may not be the same as the rest of the company. And I think that's okay. Yeah. It, it, and it's what your people, so you, you have, you have a, a rule that I have subscribed to for years. Um, which was breaking down, uh, well, you wrote an article about the rule. So I don't know if it's a real rule or not, but I read an article and I'm going to make a sweeping generalization because that's what I do. So <laughs> I, I saw an article that you wrote, you posted on LinkedIn about how to manage remote employees. And so your rule was no more than six people per team, mm-hmm. I believe, right? Mm-hmm. So I have that same rule. I call it the two pizza rule. So if you have a team and you order two pizzas, is everyone going to be okay with that? If you have to order like three or four pizzas, your your team is too large, right? So and or or something else or, <laughs> too large. You know, maybe I'll need to do some seventy five hard or something. I don't know. I right. like. I mean, I could smash like four slices. <laughs> you got to. We got to order the big, like the Pisano, like the no cut corner yeah. giant square pieces. Then, right? <laughs> I just have my lactate pills available and <laughs> right. just popping them. <laughs> So, but the but the point there is that um, a order big pizzas and but two and most importantly there is you have to keep your team small so that you can really connect with them. It doesn't matter how large an organization is, right? You could go to like enterprise level organizations. So a lot of what we do is with the federal government. So you're talking about thousands of employees under a blanket director, but then you break them down into divisions and then offices and then teams and then you get to these smaller. Okay, I can actually have a stand up call with you. We can actually have a conversation in the morning and I can connect with you. And those values are passed down. Mm-hmm. You'll be surprised how many people don't actually, um, well, you won't be surprised, but maybe people listening might be surprised. How many businesses, they don't even name values, right? They're just posting buzzwords all over the wall. 
you know? So, I mean, that's, that's like the biggest thing I talk about at this point. Um, so obviously early in my career, it was like compliance and you have to have this yeah. and that. And then I got bored with that. And then I moved on to like recruiting and infrastructure. And I really niched myself in with companies that were going through like capital exchanges. So mm -hmm. fundraising, M&A, ex full, full exit, selling the business, whatever. I really kind of dove into that sector. Um, and that was fine. Now it's like, fuck your values, bro. Like, you don't even know what they are. You don't know right. what they are and you don't even know what they mean and you don't even demonstrate them yourself and you don't even ha have hold account uh, employees accountable to them. Like, it's not about what's posted on the wall and pretty canvases, but how are you defining it and how do you measure yourselves against those values? Look, me and my Booski, every six months or so, go through our values. And... And honestly, what I've realized is values creates a language mm -hmm. for you, for whether it's your wife and your family, whether it's me and my friends, whether it's multi-generational conversation, whether it's employee, like values is a language, a language that we all can understand. And also it really helps when you're having the difficult conversation. So yes. instead of like, hey, you didn't take the trash out last night. You don't care about having a clean house or you don't care about helping me. You don't care. It becomes more of, I see that you value this instead. Mm -hmm. And here's what I value. And now how do we work together? So it becomes less like you aren't, you don't, blah, blah, blah. And it becomes more about you are and I am. So how do we move forward together? That's what values are to me. It's so much more than performance. It's so much more than pictures and yeah. and and on the website. It it's so much more. It's language to me, mm -hmm. you know. And I know you have a point here about the Great Depression and the parallels. Yeah, it's a values. So the ob the obvious differences between then and now is like we have a lot of jobs and we didn't have any back then yeah. <laughs> available. Um, but you're still seeing like a shift in values and the values back then were security and stability. Yep. And so we have Gen Xers and we have, um, baby boomers who were either raised by parents or grandparents of people who really suffered in the great depression. So their values are security, stability, determination, mm -hmm. loyalty, because it was all about your relationships back then if you because there were no jobs so it was who you knew right. back then People you know around a lot less exactly and so you know i see you know i see it all the time on on tiktok or whatever it's like gen x versus you know millennials and it's like that's all they care about is money it's like that's not true it's just right. they value security because they know what it's like to not be secure they right. know what it's like to wait in a bread line and a soup line and you know, all of these things. So it becomes less about, well, they all, all they care about money. They don't know anything about technology. They don't want to change their ways and more about, I understand why they value these things. And here's what I value as millennial, meaningful work, work-life balance, autonomy and creativity. And me particularly, I have like a pension for authority. I don't like it. So I started a business, right? right. So I, now I can go communicate with my, my mom and dad. 
because I know what they value. They know what I value. And now we get to make decisions together on how we get to fulfill both of those things. Yeah. So we're, I'm a millennial as well. We're actually similar age. I have you. I'm, I'm a little bit older than you. Um, so because I'm 25. <laughs> right. Right. Obvi- obviously. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. So. My maturity level is <laughs> 20, 21 year olds. But when I left, so to your point of that, right? So I do have this, I do believe that we are due for, and thank you for reading my posts, by the way. I do believe that we are due for like a workplace revolution that the, about a hundred years ago was the last time that as a, as a general scope of, of capitalism benefits here in America, it was the last time we really looked at mandatory benefits or what was the norm in terms of benefits, that being health insurance, right? So people came back and said, okay, hey, your employer better give you health insurance or don't even speak to that person, right? Like that's what you're looking for, which ties into the security, which ties into everything that, that you just mentioned. I'm totally on board. It's been a hundred years, give or take, mm-hmm. the last time that we really had that conversation. And I believe that the, the next time that we're going to see that is is, is now. I think that mm-hmm. part of this moving around and, and you want to find a business that has touched on a lot of things you're saying is culture is important and real culture, not like ping pong tables and, and, and parties, right? Real culture. And then I do believe Why that- Why you gotta get on ping pong tables? I like ping pong tables. I like ping pong too, but- oh, pickleball like, courts. Like if you were coming as a pickleball court, I want to- I'm gonna culture. I will, I will shut my business down and we're come done. work for you. I'm coming to the place of pickleball. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but like, you gotta listen to your employees, right? You gotta have an understanding of like, what's actually important to you? Cause like, I'm a, so I, like I just said, I'm a millennial, right? When I graduated college, the recession was happening. And so mm-hmm. all of these other people are, are having a hard time. I'm still trying to figure out what the hell I actually want to do in life and who I am, right? Like mm-hmm. I was 30 minutes ago, I was just at a, a frat party, you know, to, you know, not giving a, a care about anything. And now you're telling mm-hmm. me that I, now that I, okay, now I have to care about this um, great recession that's going on. I have no idea what that means, right? So I never really went through that. So when I actually started getting jobs, it was more of like, where's the, res- where the where's the recognition for the work that I just did? Um, what do you mean I can't uh, work from home? I, the, the people that I'm doing business with are in another state. Why can't I, why do I have to sit in an office space? Those were the kind of things that I was having conversations with myself about in my first job out. And like you, I I'm not big on authority. <laughs> so that like led to me starting my own business too. But like building a culture and having that understanding of what your employees want in terms of benefits. So like I know that you have the you have a list on game uh, game during HR, which guys go check out this list. Uh, go to game day HR. I'll, I'll hit you a little. I had a little a little guy there down below, so you can learn more at at uh, gamedayhr.com. But there's a list of 44 best company perks um, that you guys have posted up there of, from January of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love this list. I went through it, but I love that the first section there is health and wellness mm-hmm. because to me, health and wellness is one of the things that's been drastically overlooked, even in a remote organization, because the t- statistics around people who are working remote is they're working longer hours because they feel guilty because they don't, because they're at home. So they work instead of working your traditional, uh, eight hours, they're working 10 hours and they're actually working up to a, an entire day more because they feel like. I'm always in the office, so I'm actually going to work on weekends. So 
how can businesses, knowing that, that people are going to be killing themselves through the stress, how, what are some things that they can do to, with health and wellness for not just remote employees, but employees in general? Yeah. So, I mean, I can tell you what we do. Yeah, um, please. And, 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 and anybody listening can, if you can do that, I, I think it's good. And obviously you want to see if they even want that. But so we have unlimited PTO policy with a mandatory 10 day off every year. Mandatory, and as in they have to take that. They have to take it. Yeah, they have to take it. And I am on them about like, when's your next week? We had, I had one that just took uh, four or five days, a couple weeks, oh, last week, I believe it was. So I'm like, okay, when's your next one? You know? Yeah. So, and, I, I'm, and I'm on top of it and I make sure that they're taking that time because I take my time. Listen, I did it take me years to get to this point? hundred percent. So if you're like a new business owner, let me tell you, you're not going to be able to take an unplugged vacation for at least five years, right. at least. So I hit my five year mark and I made it a point to develop my team so much that they didn't need me whatsoever. And so I took like my first unplugged vacation last November mm-hmm. and I've been in business since 2016. So once I, once I established that this is what I wanted, I made sure all my employees had the same benefit, right? And and you could do it sooner. I mean, you should let you should do it sooner. But you know, my team—they're so dedicated to the company winning. Yeah. That um, I have to. I I excuse my language, but it's like I call them like stubborn little efforts because I'm like, don't work, and they're like working, and I right. get emails that. So I I can only do so much, and to, to the point of like I get upset with them. Um, but they're just so into it. They're so into doing what they're doing that I can only do so much. I can only prevent them from logging on to their Gmail at certain hours of the night, you know? But I also think it gives them flexibility because, you know, if they have kids, they're married, they have grandparents, they're like doing things. So I think they like the fact that they can come on at eight o'clock at night and finish up what they were working on earlier because they had school pickup or a doctor's appointment. So I think one, my team is all measured on outcomes. It's not mm-hmm. hours worked. They just happen to work a certain set of a- amount of hours, I think. I'm going to be honest. I don't even know how many hours they work. <laughs> is that important? That. Like, do you, like, does it matter? I mean, I get the payroll, like, register, and I and then it's like, is this approved? And I don't really look at it. I'm, yeah. That's just the truth. Um, because as long as the outcomes are being met, I'm not, I don't really care. Now, if I see like 18 hours of overtime, I lie. I'm lying. I do check to see if there's overtime because I don't right. want them to work overtime. Not because I'm being cheap, but because I don't want them to work that much. Right. If they can't get done what I'm asking, what what needs to be done in a certain amount of time, then I need to re. We need to like remanage the expectations, mm-hmm. and we need to remanage the workload. Um, but I know what they're capable of. They're, they've been with me six years, three years. I, I know what they're. I know them enough now to know what they can do. So unlimited PTO mandatory uh, days off is number one. We offer fully paid maternity leave for uh, and paternity leave, paid family leave up to four months, um, which is great because we're in California. California subsidizes like 65% of it. So mm. really I'm only paying 35% for, wow. that, ti- for that time, which I, I, I did something on, on um, 
TikTok or whatever, I calculated out for a $75,000 employee, it's like $6,000 for the entire leave duration. Wow. Totally worth it. That's totally worth it for me, for them. It's worth it. It's worth the investment. And how often are they going to have babies? Not that often. Wow. Unless, they're, unless they're you. Yeah. And <laughs> so, I mean, there are things that you can do that when you actually look at the cost of it, it's so worth it. Uh, we have medical, obviously. We have medical, dental, vision. Um, they get quarterly bonuses. And the quarterly bonuses is strictly related to their uh rev like their gen their production how, how good they did through like kpis i know yes. that you're big on kpis right so i basically take like the revenue that they've they brought in through their clients that they manage and you know things like that and then they get a certain percentage mm -hmm. of that so they have like autonomy if they want to make more bonus they got to get more clients and right. build more hours you know yeah. um but for the most part i'm the one that brings in the clients yeah. Um, but they manage it. So that's like something else I do. They obviously work from home for the most part. Um, they take days off when they need to. I don't really say anything about it. Uh, one just had a surgery, a medical procedure, and she only wanted to take one day off. And I forced <laughs> her to take the rest of the week off. Right. <laughs> um, so there, but that's what works for my team. You know, mm -hmm. um, I think you have to find out what, I think you have to look at your budget, find out what your team wants and see how close you can get to matching that, you know? Right. Um, dang it, there was something that you had said. Oh, so during the recession, I got, uh -huh. I got crushed. I obliterated, I was working at a bank mm -hmm. at that time. So I was 21, I was like the peak production um, I was a personal banker on the retail side, but I was also licensed for like annuities and life insurance. And I had just come off of like the top year, the top rep in the entire organization. I had been there for a year and a half, I want to say. And then they closed half of their branches mm. and I couldn't find a job for 10 months. Didn't matter what my resume said. Right. I couldn't find a job for 10 months. All of my, I had like some personal debt, like credit card and personal loan. Everything was charged off. Um, my FICO was like 550. <laughs> I couldn't even get a cell phone in my own name. Oh, man. Um, so, so the recession completely wiped me out. Um, and I didn't, I didn't make what I had been making. It took me seven years to get wow. back. Yeah. So I know what it's like to to be crum to be crushed by the stock market or by, you know, the market cuz I was in banking and a lot yeah. of us got crushed and you know, there was no like there's nowhere for us to go. Like your banking your skills only are transferable, you know, to a certain extent. Uh so I know what it's like and I and obviously people may are going to you know, you want to talk about the work revolution, mm -hmm. I'll tell you what companies need to do right now, what they can't, what they should do and what really it benefits them in the long run. So before it was benefits. So, so now the work revolution is caring about the whole human. So I talked about how we're all going through a transition of values right now. So people don't know who they are, or what they want. It is in an employer's best interest 
to help facilitate that with their employees. Mm -hmm. Find out, help them find out who they are and what they want and help them see and connect to the company and organization's mission and values. And if they don't, help them find something else. You can't lose in a situation like that. And so, whereas before it was like, leave your personal stuff at the door, now with the pandemic and everybody's seen my kid's butt and all these other things that have happened, it's like now we have actually, we have an employer actually has a responsibility to care about the entire human, all parts of them, and to help facilitate like whether it's mental health benefits or it's like executive coaching or it's, you know, recommending buying books for them to read or journals or whatever it is, an employer has a huge opportunity right now to revolutionize their workplace by basically, and I got this from Michael McFall from Big Beat Coffee. They're they have like 300 franchise locations, but basically helping employees design a life that they absolutely love. Yes. How can we do that as an employer? Because it's in our best interest, selfishly, mm-hmm. right? If my if my people are happy, they're performing. Right. So and I think that's the work revolution that we're going to see. I, I, I'm a thousand percent on board. And the uh, when you build, and that gets back to values, right? You set your values, you bring people in on your values, you actually talk about those values. And so I have people, I have our, my employees um, memorize. Mm-hmm. So we created an acronym because we're mm-hmm. fancy and uh, which is foundation, which I spent so much time on that acronym. First off, I'm t- that's a lot of values. It's so many. It's 10. Yeah. So, Maybe so, we could do like Dacian. <laughs> Dacian. Yeah. Shun. Or found. 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 <laughs> found. That's a lot. I'd say like five, five or six is like, good number so we have 10 and they're they're called the um 10 i originally called them the 10 commandments and i was like that's um that's a that's a pretty pretty uh very forceful thing so i called them the 10 guiding principles and then i was like okay um and then now it's foundation so but it spells out an acronym Mm. and and but i have them memorize it and then we talk about it on our stand-ups and then we have months where it's like okay now this month we're going to talk about the F and then, you know, foundation is only 10. So there's two months, which are generally our first month and our last month of the year, which we uh, are celebrating mm-hmm. mostly. Um, but my uh, employees, like what you're talking about, your employees are on the weekends and stuff like that. And they're like, just so hyped and they like want to work and they want to do things. So I, w- I wasn't going to bring this up, but behind me, so there's two little awards back here. So for one, right? So I met my, Katrina. The computer is over there. So oh, okay. So I met Katrina back in um, 2020, I think. Uh-huh. And so we won the 2021 Best Places to Work. And then this year, we won it again, 2022 Best Places to Work. Now, I don't know if you can see this, Katrina. But I can. The R in presence is capitalized, right? Nice. So somebody held down the shift key too long. Because that's not how we spell, right? And so I uploaded a picture of this plaque on Instagram, and I got like three DMs from pe- my employees that were like pissed that they <laughs> that they spelled. And I'm like, I'm like, whatever, like cool, like we got our plaque, you know, like yeah. And they're like, what is that? That's not. There's no R. Like, and I'm like, 
I'm like, yeah, you know, because we like when you invest into your people, your people will invest into you and they'll care to the point where they'll like, I've had meetings called by my employees with me where they are concerned about something. They're like, hey, Mm. I don't think that this is happening the way that it should be happening. Or I don't think that this, and I'm like, all right, well, and, and that's simply because I, so what you're talking about, care, find out what they care about and, and care about it. I have an employee that hopefully he's not listening to this. Well, hopefully he is listening to this, but who was like, I really want a Tesla. And mm-hmm. so when he said that, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to figure out a way to get this guy a Tesla. You know, mm. like there's a company benefit. Yeah, I could give you a bonus at the end of the year, or I could uh, figure out a way to help you with a down, down deposit on your Tesla. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And maybe it's the same numerical value of, a bonus, a check, or one, but which one means more to that person, you know? Right. They know what they're going to use it for. Right. And yeah. so you got to get creative with your employees. And so I, um, and I only brought these up because of the, the R and I thought that was hilarious when I, but also because Katrina guys helped me get these. So if you want uh, somebody, oh. if you want awards, fun awards like this, which, um, you know, it, it I got to drink at the award ceremony. That was fun. Yeah. Um, so when do I get my residual? I'll okay. send it to you. It's in the mail. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's in the mail. <laughs> but I'll Venmo you. <laughs> but uh, but Katrina, thanks for so much for coming on. Um, yeah. You're my first guest on the new podcast, and I I, I appreciate it. And guys, I, I have her little ticker going down there. Um, it's gamedayhr.com. But is if there's, if there's anything you want to plug or say or, or send people in, a, how can people follow you? This is the floor is yours for, uh, I'll just log off if you want me to. And this is take over my whole feed. I don't care. I, I love having conversations with you, but how can people get in touch with you? Okay. I was going to sing the national anthem. Please do. But... Yeah. I'll mute. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think just given the topic that we covered, we do have a free company culture quiz. Um, on our website, you visit the website's top right corner. Um, it's going to ask you a list of questions. It's going to give you a grade um, based off how you answer those questions. Values is one of those questions. So take that first, um, just to get curious about where should we prioritize our efforts right now. And you know, at the end of the day, we can talk about culture, culture. But if your company is still in sur- survival mode, so meaning you're out of compliance, there's risk of you know, liability, getting sued, claims, penalties, things like that, that comes first. You have to kind of get yourselves out of survival and then you can focus on the culture part of it. So culture quiz, you can find me. I'm like literally the only Katrina Gazarian in the world, I think still. So if you Google my name, all my profiles and probably some not flattering, not so flattering pictures uh, will come up. Um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm most active, I would say, on LinkedIn, although I am working towards TikTok finally. Somebody got me into it. So I am on TikTok now, Kat Gazarian, Instagram, Kat Gazarian, or you can just email me, Katrina G at gamedayhr.com. And you guys better do that. And follow her on TikTok so because she does the best dances. She does all these like hand. Oh, I, I only have like she, 40 followers. I don't have I don't follow you. I'm oh. not on TikTok. Yeah. I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> I'm not doing the dances though. I will tell you that. <laughs> it's not the dances, but it's not the dances. Well, maybe, man, it's like so humbling, you know, to start a new social media yeah. page because I'm like, 
oh, nobody's <laughs> there's nobody watching. Here. Whereas LinkedIn, <laughs> there's like so much engagement for me because of, you know, I started it a while ago, but TikTok, man, if you want to get humbled, start a TikTok. Right, go hang no out. No one's going to on watch TikTok. your video. I do, I, so I'm not allowed on TikTok because um, oh. I have a clearance to the government. And mm. so they told, they sent me an email and they were like, don't go on TikTok for a bunch of reasons, China and all those other fun stuff. You're so. so cool. I'm just like, that's just I, so I cool. Have a clearance and yeah. then I would create like a whole social media page based off of me not being able to go on TikTok. Right. Well, now I'm going to do that. So yeah, no, I, um, yeah, clearance. That's why my name is different on all the different platforms. It's like impossible to find me. I kept calling you Gregory. That's right. Because that's how I show up. Or if yeah. I would have had the, per, oh. you know, that's how I would show up if I existed on that platform. But, but Kat, I, I, Katrina, I, I really, uh, I really appreciate you coming on big time. Um, guys, go follow her, uh, connect with her. And uh, we're going to have to do this again because yeah. constantly. Well, Maybe I'm we'll just start to our do own. one live every week. So if ever I can't book another one, I'll I'll come back to you. Let's do it. I'm serious. We'll just we'll just create our own <laughs> podcast together, and then we can be best friends. So so we'll be like work where wherever kinda work wherever unless it sucks because yeah. HR sucks. <laughs> awesome. All right, Thanks, thank Katrina. You. I appreciate you so much. Thanks. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Uh, check us out on uh, where are we? I don't even know where we're at. I think we're on YouTube. We're on LinkedIn. Uh, all those other podcasts, basically wherever your podcast is found. Right now, you can still go to InnovariPodcast.com. That's our previous podcast. We are going to rebrand and we'll have a new URL on that uh, in the future. But for now, go to InnovariPodcast.com or find us at Capital Presence on YouTube. Uh, and thanks again, guys, for hanging out. Until next time, see you. Let it down Cause you can't work